0: This is Pastor Angela, and I just wanted to drop in and welcome you to Relates Podcast. I know that you're going to be filled with faith and encouraged for your week. We love you, and we're praying for you. We are almost to two years, uh, to our two-year anniversary. That'll be January 21st, and so can we just give it up for God and His faithfulness, and really your faithfulness, and you guys showing up every week and continuing to support and helping us to be here at two years and and uh, all the like stress and worry and 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 cra- the fears that were overcome by all the team members and people jumping in and thinking, wow, where's this going? And the fact that we we are still here and we're still doing more and more and more and seeing more people's lives change. I think seventeen people gave their heart to God last week. Can we say amen to God for that? That's two st- in 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 two services. That's incredible. That there there are still people showing up every week that are I love that you guys keep coming back faithfully but there's still new people showing up and still new people who are giving their hearts to God. If you're new here today, I want to say welcome to you. I'm I'm thrilled that that you're here this morning that we get to close out this last sermon, this last uh last day of the year together. And uh we're going to jump right into a a series I'm calling Declaration of Dependence for Closing out the year, and uh, I want to start. About, I want to talk about new beginnings. This is a, a a sermon that's not in in a series. We'll start a brand new series next week, but this this sermon is really an answer to when we talk about 21 days of fasting, and this is kind of a breakdown of why we're doing that. And uh, I want to encourage all of you who are looking for that. How do we get ourselves started brand new we're going to talk about habits and we're going to talk about um, getting ourselves aligned or maybe for you that's realigned with God's plan for your life and God's purpose and kind of focusing in on God that's really what next week's series is about but it ties right in with our 21 days of prayer and fasting and all the prayer meetings that are going to happen starting next week so uh, I say prayer meetings really a prayer service so on Wednesdays and Sundays for the first three weeks uh, of 2020, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Excuse me. We'll, we'll, of course, we'll, we'll pray on Sundays, but Wednesdays, and s- Wednesday night and Saturday morning, we we want you guys to come. It'll be at my house, but we have we have a lot of room there and plenty of room for us to do a prayer service and we'll have worship time together and then uh, corporate prayer t- time and then we'll come back together. So no matter what you're used to as a uh, type of praying, you you can be. Super comfortable there. No one, no one's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Everybody always asks me if we're going to do a prayer. But do you guys like uh make people do weird stuff, and I, I just no. That <laughs> our goal is really to not make you do weird stuff. Our re- our goal is to get you into the presence of God, and He can speak to you, and you can speak to Him, and we we want to do that together. So, without any further, I'm going to jump right into uh today's today's message. And I want to start with what uh, kind of kind of the foundation for our for our fasting give you a, a lot of verses hopefully today um, we're going to look at in, in just a moment Matthew chapter 9 but real quick I want to tell you that in 2017 Angela and I were in a 21 day prayer and fasting and during the I want to say the first week of that 21 days of prayer I had I, I was tuning into God and hearing God like I hadn't for a long long time and just purposing in myself, okay, God, I'm going to go deeper into your presence. I want to know you like I've never known you. And I've been a pastor for, at that point, 19 years. Um, I've, I've been a senior pastor, associate pastor, executive pastor, youth pastor. Every, I've done everything in church, but I was happy to be an executive pastor, helping another church, and, and seeing God. I, I was thrilled and comfortable, and just I, I'm just going to be here for a while. I was running a business uh, in the week and watching God answer our prayers, but God spoke to me and impressed on me during the first week of that 21 days of prayer to leave the position I was in, which was scary for me. I've never let I've never not been paid by a church a salary for 19 years. No matter, I've had other other uh, other jobs during the week and things that I I did kind of at the same time, but I've never not had a salary. And so I said, "Okay, God." How am I going to pay my bills? Uh, leave, leave the position I was in, and go start a church. I had no clue how to do that. Of all the jobs we've ever had in ministry, Angela and I together for 19 years, I've never started a church. I've I've been a part of a lot of things, but that was like really scary. But it took me a few months. We started started walking towards that because uh, the Lord spoke the same thing to Angela during the third week of that. 21 days of prayer. It took us a little while to get the same <laughs> direction uh, because when I first told her, she was like, no, I don't think so. That that doesn't sound like a, it's God. That doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> and uh, I said, okay, God, you're going to have to speak to her. And he did. And we, we got on the same page and it wasn't long before we were excited and scared. And God, what are you what are you going to do with us? What does that church look like? And slowly began to give us the, the picture in our mind of what this would look like and uh, I, I want you to know that we're not just saying hey we should all do a fast no I, I think that it's important for us to fast this church was born out of a fast um, but we set aside the first three weeks of every year we, we do a 21 days of prayer twice a year so we do it in January and we do it in August But at the beginning of the year, we do prayer and fasting. So, typically August is prayer and feasting. I'm not sure how that looks for each person, but January is about fasting, and I'll show you why. So, Matthew chapter nine, verse fourteen. John's disciples came and asked him, "How is asked Jesus? And how is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast?" And so Jesus answered, "You can." Uh, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? In other words, how can, uh, of course, my disciples aren't going to fast or mourn while I'm with them. The time will come when the bridegroom, Jesus, will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. In other words, yes, you fast and the Pharisees fast and my disciples don't fast because I'm here with them. But when I leave, then they're going to fast. In other words, Fasting is a normal thing, corporately, individually. And you see a pattern of of that corporate and individual fasting in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm just going to read you a few of them. But uh, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and, everybody say, fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So they, after they had fasted and prayed, both. They placed their hands on them and sent them off. So we see that they're fasting and praying, God answers their prayer, and then they fast and pray to actually do what God tells them to do. So that that is, not we don't know if it's 21 days there, and I'll, I'll explain the 21 days thing in just a few minutes. But in weariness, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often. Again, We're just, I'm just kind of giving you the groundwork for all throughout the Bible. You see men and women of God who make a decision to fast. And that means to not eat something or to, we'll talk about exactly what fasting looks like, but ultimately these guys were not eating or they were hungry, making themselves hungry and thirsty so that, so that God's plan for them could happen. I'll show you why that happens, but. That, that's a, a, a quick groundwork. So other church leaders, of course, modern, modern church leaders, in, in, uh, in, even in our society and, and today, John and Charles Wesley advocated all the time for fasting. In fact, they said uh, there were times in their ministry that they said everyone should fast every two weeks. And I, as I begin to dig into it a little bit more, in fact, John Wesley said that you should fast, everyone should fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. Like that, that's common fasting, not just, and when we do 21 days of fast, that doesn't mean that that's the only 21 days that you should fast. I think there are lots of times where fasting is actually very beneficial for not just our health, but for our spiritual health. So how does fasting work? How does fasting work? Fasting works, um... I think very easily. I think a lot of times there's there are misconceptions that are connected with it. We think, well, I need to fast so that uh, I I can give penance to God like so that I can feel miserable so that uh I can pay a debt to God. That's not that's not fasting. Fasting isn't penance. Fasting isn't because well God wants me to feel bad or I need to I need to uh physically pay so that I can earn something from God. That's that's not it at all. I think life is hard. I think that you don't have to make yourself feel bad uh or I don't think you have to pay any penance. I think life is hard enough on its own. <laughs> no matter what you do, you're going to run into problems and trouble and and strife in the world. Um that that's pretty common for the Here's the deal though. Jesus paid everything that will ever need to be paid for your salvation. You don't have to eat to make yourself feel bad so that you can be a better Uh, saved person that's a free gift that happens every week at the end of the service we we say a prayer that that free gift of salvation is not anything you could ever fast or pray or give or pay pay for by doing things that's just a free gift that he offers he says if you want it then accept it by faith and so we confess and we pray we say that prayer and salvation is is a decision of, and accepting what he, only he can give us, but here's the deal: you're not just what we see, right? You're not just one thing. You're actually three things, and those three things are: you have a body, which we can all see. Our body, you, you, you can. I, I can run around this stage, and you can. We. That's what we see of each other, right? But you also have a soul, and that soul, the the Bible describes it as flesh. That's your uh, your will. Your willpower, your, your your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions—that's all. Animals have a body and they have a soul. You, you might not think about a a dog having uh, emotions and will, but I can guarantee you, my dog has a really tiny tail. But once he gets to wagging, you know if he's happy, and he'll lower his head and <laughs> let you know whenever he's not feeling too good, or. <laughs> Things aren't going his way or you don't let him sit on the couch that he wants to sit on. He will let you know he's not happy. And that's the same for us. We have a soul. We have emotions and a will. And the third part of us is the part of us that's like God. That third part of us, the spirit man, is the the part of us that when we say that prayer, it's instantly salvation is given to us. The Bible says that he puts righteousness on us like a coat and that that spirit, man, when we accept salvation, the free gift of life, it's instantly purified. It's instantly clean, made whole, made, made right with God. The problem is that those three parts of us, the body and the, the flesh or the soul and the spirit are at war with each other. They're all trying to be in control. And most of the time, your body and your, your flesh for most of us, most of the time, our body and our flesh is well in control over the spirit. You know how you can tell that because the first time you don't eat a meal, your body is screaming at you, saying, "Eat something!" You have a headache. Your your stomach hurts. You're dying. And for so long, our bodies are in control. Or, 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 or for many of us, our emotions rule. It it doesn't take long. Maybe it's a uh overwhelming we get excited and then everything is good and then everything's really bad or depressed or like we, we can be ruled by our emotions but fasting is whenever we say okay body okay flesh you're not in control I'm actually gonna starve you so that my spirit man can be in control. So we start that's why we don't just fast. Fasting and if you're just fasting and not praying, you're just dieting and Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all those other things can do a better job probably at that. But that's why we pray and we fast. Because while we're starving the, the body and the flesh, feeding the spirit. And we're, 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 we're strengthening the spirit man so that our spirit man can be in control. That's why we want to start the year with fasting. And I want to go really quickly. I'm going to give you guys hopefully a lot of notes, some things that you can write down. you got notes on your way in but types of fast. The first type of fast is the complete fast. That's if you're if you decide for 21 days that you're drinking maybe only water or maybe you're putting some juice or milk or just just some some liquids in there. That would be a complete fast. That's you're not eating anything. That's hard. I'm telling you right now if you decide to do that, you need to be prepared to do that. <laughs> you need to probably talk to your doctor about that if you have health issues. Don't just jump into a twenty one don't say okay, for twenty one days, I'm just gonna drink water done. It's gonna take a little bit of strategic planning to make that happen because I promise you if you've ever gone a whole day only on water, you're gonna immediately think you're dying. probably day two, you're gonna think i'm this is I'm wrong, this is wrong, this feels wrong i'm I'm dead tomorrow that that's what fasting feels like, but that's also the way that we get the body and the flesh to sit down and shut up. Otherwise, that body and the flesh are up. That's why we feel the way that we feel. That's the the part of us that's telling, you can go a long time without eating, I promise. But our body and our flesh are going to be up in our face telling us, I'm in control, how dare you? That's why we fast. So that the spirit man can jump up and be in in charge a little bit. But it's like a, it's a very powerful detox. In fact, there are lots of benefits to fasting health-wise, not just spirit-wise, but I think that it's built in to the way God made us, that it actually helps us to fast. Um, And I will tell you that if you're like me, I have one cup of coffee a day in the morning. When I don't have one cup of coffee a day, forget about the food, forget about everything else. If I don't have that 120 milligrams of caffeine my brain is like, I'm done. <laughs> it's fighting me and telling me, get that one cup of coffee. If I miss it one day, I know. And and if, you know, if, you're, if you're on a diet that has sugar, if you eat sugar, your body will tell you, I need sugar, sodas, all those things. That's the kind of thing that uh, a complete fast or even... Depends on the next kind of fast is a partial fast. Maybe you don't want to do just water, just liquids. But a partial fast is uh, when you decide that I want to take a part of, maybe it's a part of the week. Maybe it's a specific meal a day. You don't want to do, you're going to give up one meal. You're going to give up sodas. You're going to give up TV. You're going to give up social media. Or you're going to give up one or another thing. But for 21 days, build that that's what we encourage you to do. Build some kind of a strategy across the twenty-one days. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, uh, you're starting a little slower, or you're starting with a water fast, or you're starting with well, one meal a day, or you're st- like start with something. In the Jewish uh, in the Jewish calendar, even the the days don't start at midnight and end at midnight. They actually start at sundown, and the next day. Starts at sundown. So the typical Jewish fast would have been more like fasting from sundown to sun up. Or from sundown to sundown. So uh, I talked a little bit earlier about John Wesley. And how his fasts were actually from sundown on uh, one day to 3 p.m. the next day. Some of you guys would call that intermittent fasting. There, There is just a part of us that needs to say... No, you're not going to eat when you want to eat. (laughs) You're not going to just whatever you want to eat. No, we're going to be thoughtful and strategic and we're going to be disciplined so that our spirit man can be in control. The third kind of fast is a Daniel fast. A Daniel fast is actually really common for uh, a lot of church people, a lot of uh, groups that are fasting. This is in the Old Testament. If you look back at the way that Daniel would fast, uh, he was eating during the week and he was eating after sundown and he was eating, but he was not eating anything that would, uh, that tastes good basically. And so it actually gets a very specific, but I, I'm not going to eat anything that's good. It's just all, it's going to, it's not going to taste great. So uh, essentially what that looks like is no meats, no sweets and no breads. Some of you said, what's the point? (laughs) But basically it's fruit. Some fruits and some vegetables and nuts, those kinds of things. But denying our body and flesh pleasures to just say, "Okay, I'll eat," but it's not going to be. So I'm not eating for pleasure. I'm I'm eating to sustain myself. And it's hard. Even the Daniel fast is hard. No, no matter. Well, I'll just eat the good stuff on the day. There's no. There's no good stuff on the Daniel fast. You're not. We've done it many times. So, today is the, I really want to kind of emphasize the declaration of dependence because fasting is where we basically we remind ourselves, i'm dependent on god i'm not it's a it's very strong in our culture to to be independent and not be not need anyone and to be totally self-sustaining and that that's that's not what god calls us to do and and so fasting is reminding ourselves reminding me i need you god I'm desperate for you. I'm dependent upon you. I can't do, and here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now, whether it's starting this church or all all the ideas and all the calling, all the purpose, we talk about this all the time, that God has design and purpose in every one of you and in me. But that design and that purpose is always bigger than what you're able to do on your own. Like the, the, the jobs that God wants to give you are way bigger than what you can do on your own. You can't do it without him. And when we, when we wake up every day thinking, all right, well, I'll go live my life and figure out what I can do. Then you're never going to become who God created you to be because you're not dependent upon him. That's why when we say, hey, what's the Holy Spirit saying? Well, l- listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to what God's trying to tell you right now because you can't get where he wants you to be without him. And fasting tunes your mind. And your spirit to be able to hear him, be able to know, to be right there where he wants you to be, rather than just floating around on your own, on your own dependence. So the declaration of dependence. And so, God asks us for more than we can do. The other part of that is the actual declaration. I think there there comes a time for all of us where we declare that this is what I'm going to be. So here's what I'll say: Don't go into 21 days of prayer and fasting and just say well uh, we'll see how long I can do this (laughs) don't just decide well I'll just go without soda for as long as I can no make a make declare what it's going to be begin to make a make an actual decision an actual strategy okay I'm going to do 21 days and I'm only going to drink water or from sun sundown To 3 p.m. Or from sundown to the next day. Or on Monday, Wednesday. Like whatever that looks like for you. Build a strategy. And whatever you decide. Maybe it's I'm not going to do sweets for 21 days. Three weeks. Maybe it's not I'm not going to do Netflix. Or TV. Or social media. Or whatever that looks like for you. Declare it. Declare what it's going to do in your life that this is going to be the best year of my life. It's going to be the most, the closest to God that I've ever been. This is going to be my greatest spiritual year ever. Make that declaration and then stick with it. Don't get into week one and say, okay, God, I said I wasn't going to have any coffee, but my head really hurts. (laughs) Like make a declaration and then stick with it. Joel chapter one, verse 14 says, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. That's what, we, that's what this is. We're declaring a corporate fast. We're declaring that this is what we're going to do. We're going to have prayer meetings. We're going to call out to God. We're going to get as close as we can to God so that 2020 becomes what God wants it to be. Every week we'll have prayer meeting. Within those three weeks, Actually, we're having prayer meeting, prayer uh, prayer service ongoing every Saturday, but it's going to start on Wednesday at 7 p.m. at my house on Saturdays at 9 a.m. And one thing that we're adding this year that we did not have last year is, for those of you, I know because I'm one of those people that some of you like to sit and pray. You like to, Some of you like to kneel down. There are people who like to lay down on the ground. There are people who like to be quiet. People who like to pray out loud. You can pray however you want, but some people, like myself, I, I'm a pacer. I, when I'm praying, I'm just, I am just—I like to walk, and I'm praying, God, and I'm focused, but I'm just pacing, either back and forth or walking, and I'm walking around, and when everybody gets in our house, there's not quite enough room for pacing. <laughs> so one of the things that we're adding this year is I have made a a prayer walk in our backyard that goes, I haven't measured the distance. Uh, my wife told me it was something like uh, I think between four and five hundred steps depending on how big of steps you take across the whole thing so it's quite it's quite a distance to, to walk and pray and um, I, I I always walk in my backyard and pray and I finally told told Angela we need to make this where anyone can come and walk that way we can spread out and the people who want to walk don't have to because we had people walking during prayer meeting. Basically walking like this. Two steps and then back two steps. and There's <laughs> not enough room. So we can spread out just a little bit. And um, I, I, I'm encouraging every person to come and join us. For whether it's once a week. Or as many of the prayer prayer services that you can make. We're going to worship together. It will be a strict one hour. So if we start... At 9 a.m., we will end exactly at 10 a.m. And that gives you an opportunity to go and take care of all of the stuff that you need to do for the day. There will be places for the kids. We to don't, We don't have typical child care, but there will be kids there at the prayer meeting. Some of the kids sit there in the room. They pray. There's music on everywhere. In the backyard, there's music. So uh, it's plen- plenty of space for you to come and be comfortable and to, uh, to have worship with us and then pray. And so I want to show you really quick with the time that I have left in the service about 10 minutes or so. I want to give you uh five fasts and in in the scripture we actually there are more than five different kinds of fasts, but I want to show you five and each of these each of these types of fast actually declare something. So as as you go into fasting this year, as you start deciding, how am I going to start this year? What does 2020 look like for me? I, we encourage our kids to make a declaration. What is this year going to be about for you? And like, is, do you have a word for this year? What, is, what do you want this year to be about? So all of our staff and all, uh, all of the, the team members, we're encouraging everybody, come up with what 2020, and th- there are some easy things. <laughs> I heard somebody say, "Well, 2020 has to be vision, so I'm going for I'm going for vision. That's that's awesome. Whatever your focus is, let dig in. And if it's I'm going to show you how God can answer prayer during fasting. God can open your eyes during fasting. God can give you wisdom during fasting. He can give you direction. But that's part of the declaration of a fast and why we're declaring, like in the Book of Joel, why. Declare a holy fast. So the first one, you can write this down, is declaring revival for our nation. You may or may not have recognized this or not, but our nation needs revival. We need God to show up in this nation because this world needs God. And somebody has to stand up and say, God, we need you. We need you in the state of Texas. We need you in the United States. Our government desperately needs God and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit on what matters is that God's will is done what matters is that we're praying for our leaders that we're praying for our government that we're praying for a nation that was built out of faith to rise up and get closer to God to come back to God and to find revival and be who He created us individually and corporately to be. In the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, the prophet Eli, actually straight, uh, he was lax in a lot of things. He didn't do what he was supposed to be doing. In fact, he was eating a lot of the wrong things, eating too much, and he he wasn't saying everything that God wanted him to say. But when he died, they declared a fast, and they declared that we would come back to, that the that God's children would come back to God. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 7, so Samuel said to all the Israelites, if you're returning to the Lord with all of your hearts, basically, if you're going to come back to God, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and of the Asherahs, and that's the, the idols, and commit yourself to the Lord and serve Him only. That's get rid of everything else. Focus on God. Put Him back at the top of your priority list. And so... For some of you, that means you need to to put God back at the top and you need to get rid of some of the other stuff. And I know that you probably don't have a little idol sitting in your home, hopefully. But there are some things that we put above God. And for some of you, that might be food. And it might be internet. It might be social media. It might be whatever your thing is. Right? There's things that we get so invested in. You might need to take a break from that thing. And if you're, if you're sitting there thinking, nah, I probably don't need to take a break from social media. I don't need it that bad, but I would never give it up. Like that, you... If you turn it off for one day and the next day you're like sweating, I got to get back to my... I got to check Facebook. You might need to take a break. Because when those things have that loud of a voice in our life, it detracts from the voice of God in your life. The, the verse goes on to say, and he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. So like, in other words, if you come back to God and you put him first, get rid of all the other stuff, then he'll deliver you from your enemy. Then he'll save you. Then he'll show up and answer your prayers. And so on that day, they fasted and there they confessed. There's the declaration, we have sinned against the Lord. So as we are praying during 21 days of prayer, next week we're going to start confessing to god saying god i need you crying out to god confessing the sins of the nation being willing to say god forgive this sin oh forgive this nation of the sin that it's walked into god we repent for the state of texas for this city we repent for the immorality for the divorce rate for the racism for the hate For the abortion, for the murder, for the, just go on down the list of things that grieve God. And we're taking, not credit, but responsibility in standing up and saying, God, we repent. Would you come and save us? Would you come and help us? In 1863, Lincoln, President Lincoln declared a national fast. (laughs) Go look it up. It's incredible for a president of the United States to declare a national to declare a national fast that we should call on the Lord our God that's amazing and then the government and the people went through a time of great blessing after that the second type of uh declaration in fasting is to declaring freedom from bondage like i believe that there's no reason why you should continue to be bound up like here, here's what happens we give our lives to god we say that prayer we receive salvation god instantly comes into our lives but then there are there are things that we carry around with us and you may have walked away from like you may have given your life to god and instantly be, been set free from all kinds of things like god could Wash your mind and you never think again about that thing. Those things that you never wanted to go back. You never had a desire to go live the kind of lifestyle that you had. But there's things. There are, there's, there are the, 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 the things that stick to us. That may be, like in a, it, it may be something that you're addicted to. And so we go into our faith and into this new salvation, into this new life. And yet there are things that hold on to us. There are addictions. There are bondages. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's an alcohol. Maybe it's uh, pornography. Maybe it's a certain relationship. Maybe it's an internet thing. There are things that we just cannot get rid of. Like no matter how hard we try, that thing keeps a hold of us. And fasting can break that thing. Fasting can break the, the hold that it has on us because it has a hold of your flesh. And when you make your flesh weak and the spirit man stronger, he's able to stand up and say, "Mm -mm, no more. That's not me anymore. So Matthew chapter 17, 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? There were were miracles everywhere. They were able to cast out demons. They were able to see people healed. And yet they came to one and they they couldn't see a miracle. And they asked Jesus, what's up? They asked him in private because they were embarrassed. And he said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. In other words, some things you've got to dig deep. you got to make your spirit man stronger. The next one is declaring blessing over trouble. No matter what. Everybody say this. You will have trouble. No matter what. Life brings trouble. I, I talked about that just a minute ago. you are got to have trouble. I'm not going to preach a message and say, well, hey, let's get rid of all of our troubles. That's not how it works. Pastor Susan talked about this uh, during worship earlier. Like, God doesn't always take us out of the trouble or take the trouble away, but he gives us the strength to overcome it. He gives us the power. He gives us everything we need to overcome it with his strength in our weakness. So, just declaring blessings. What is the trouble? The trouble is that thing that keeps you up at night. The trouble is that thing that weighs on you. The stress and the worry and the problems and the thing that you wrestle with and cannot figure out how to get around it or through it. The book of Ezra is a, 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 an awesome picture of that, that. Ezra was tasked with carrying gold from his city, gold and silver from his city down into the valley and bringing it and to Jerusalem, and Ezra looked between his city and Jerusalem. There were bandits and he knew that he'd never make it. And so, this is what he says in Ezra chapter 8 verse 21, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask Him for a safe journey for us, our children, with all our possessions. That's my prayer for you. That God would deliver you and carry you through the trouble to overcoming the trouble with your family with your children with your possessions that god would carry you through those troubles if you ask me what my prayer request is i want you to pray for my kids pray for jake and pray for grace pray for our family i pray for your family every day that's why one of the things that we ask you to do every week fill out the contact card it's not just so that we can put you into a uh, we don't we're not trying to just get you into a computer database somewhere. Pastor Angela said this earlier. We want to know you. We want to know what can we pray for you for? Like what can we pray for your family? What what's the issue you're going through? It comes right to us and we agree with you. We we lift up those needs and say, "God, we need you to show up in this situation." The fourth one, declaring wisdom for my future. This is this is a prayer I pray constantly. God, give me wisdom. I don't I don't know what to do. God, give me an answer. The whatever thing you're weighing that you may have in front of you a fork in the road and you're trying to decide and weigh it out pros and cons and this and that sometimes there's no real way to know and you got to ask God God show me show me what's the answer show me which way I should go which step should I take sometimes you got the the right side whichever side is the obvious best choice like Of course, that's the way. Sometimes God says, no, I want you to go left. And when you go left, you realize (laughs) God knew what he was doing. Because he gives us, that's, what what we're looking for is not for God to just make us super smart. We're looking for God to give us supernatural wisdom. Like God, show me and lead me spiritually. Lead me supernaturally beyond what I can understand and what I can weigh out with a pros and cons list. I'm not asking God to help me be able to come up with a better list. I'm asking God to open my eyes spiritually so that I can see what I couldn't see. Like show me, lead me, give me supernatural wisdom. Acts chapter nine, and then quickly we'll go to the end. Acts chapter nine, for three days, Saul, before he became Paul on the road. So God, Jesus showed up and he was going to kill Christians and all of a sudden Saul is on that road and God shows up and for three days he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it placing his hands on Saul. He said brother Saul the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. That's what I want for it to happen to you. That's what I want. That's, that's what God has done many times. I'll be in prayer and, and, and thinking, God, what, where do you want me to be? And it's like when God showed Angela and I the, the vision of starting this church. It's just like all of a sudden we could see like we're supposed to leave. I'm supposed to, we're supposed to go start a church. We didn't want to. On paper, it didn't look good. There were no people and there weren't. There was no money. There was no building. There was no church. On paper, it doesn't look like a good choice. But when God says go this way, it's always the best choice. And it's like scales come off of our eyes and God's able to, we're able to follow him and see where he's leading us. And number five declaring victory over my enemy whether you want to acknowledge this or not you have an enemy you have someone who's as invested in destroying you as you are in succeeding in life God wants for you to have blessing and God wants for you to succeed and to fulfill his purpose for your life but you have an enemy you might decide I don't I don't believe in that enemy and I can promise you this that not believing in him doesn't make him not there in fact, I think he just laughs and says, okay, great. They don't believe in me. That makes my job, that makes his job a lot easier, right? If we don't, if we choose to not acknowledge him. But God has purpose for you. And God has a destiny for every one of us to fulfill. And it, it includes overcoming the enemy's plan for your life. So, some studies show that 51% of Christians don't believe in a devil. But I think we become better at our jobs as Christians when we acknowledge what the Bible says and what God says, hey, this is the deal. So in Daniel chapter 10, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and it concerned a great war In fact, when you read it, you see that there's a great war ha- coming, but there's also a great war in the spirit world happening. There's a great war happening in the heavens. And the understanding of the message came to him in a vision. And at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. In other words, I didn't eat good things, I didn't eat spices, and I didn't eat because I wanted it to taste good and feel good and celebrate. No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. And again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. He said, do not be afraid, you who are highly esteemed. It says that he touched me and gave me strength. I believe that through the weakness of 21 days of prayer and the weakness of not giving my flesh what it wants, I believe that God makes us stronger. I believe that He strengthens us and He gives us the power not to just go through all all of life, but to, to overcome the enemy and to be who God called us to be. To have victory over our enemy. To have wisdom for your future. Blessings over trouble. Freedom from bondage. And of course, revival for our nation. So would you declare that with me? throughout the 21 days of prayer and as we move into 2020, let's let this be the best year of our lives, spiritually, emotionally, physically, when we declare that He is first in our life. That's how we get it done. That's how we make everything else fit. That's how we make everything else work. So I want to pray for you and let's just agree together. Father God, we just declare right now that Moving into 2020, God, we ask you to open our eyes. We ask you to give us the right strategy for how to get close to you this year, for how we make 2020 the best year that our families have ever walked into. You would make, make, bring us close to you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you will give us victory over our enemies. God, I thank you, and I declare that you'll give us wisdom for our future, that you'll give us blessing over troubles, that you'll bring us freedom from bondage, and that, God, you'll bring revival to this nation. And that you'll bring revival to the state of Texas in our government and in this city, God, in our neighborhoods and our homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I want to pray for another group of people in the room. You may be sitting here today and thinking, I don't feel close to God. I feel far from God. I feel like I don't, I don't know where God's at in my life. I don't, I, if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity to receive that free gift of salvation where you can, the Bible calls it being born again. That's, a, that's the ultimate start over. That's the ultimate where we take all the, the flesh and all the things that come with this world, all the sin, all the death, And we say, God, I want to trade in my life for the one that you made for me. And he gives us a new life, a rebirth, a being reborn into the kingdom of God, a new family. That's not joining a church. That's not saying I want to be a member of this church. No, that's saying there's a God, a heavenly father that loves you and has made a way for you to be reconnected to him and brought close to him. And it's as simple as as one prayer. That doesn't fix your whole life. That doesn't doesn't make you everything that you're supposed to be. But it's the first step. It's the first step of, of free gift saying, okay, God, I surrender to you. So I'd like us to pray together. And if that's you or maybe you're watching online right now, I'd like every person in the room, would you just bow your head and close your eyes right where you are? that's you today with nobody looking around you're saying I want to put my I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus today and start a new life with him if that's you nobody looking around I want you to just not stand up not come forward I'm not going to do any of that but I want you to just be bold and raise your hand up with nobody looking around just you and God thank you awesome I love to see those hands go up every week i will give you just one more second. If that's you, just raise your hand up and then you can put it right back down and we're going to say that prayer together. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Would you repeat these words? Every single person, nobody praying alone. Would you repeat these words? Dear Heavenly Father, today I give you my life. I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I want to live for you. Would you be my Lord and Savior? Would you live in me? Forgive me of my sin and give me a new life. Empower me to live and set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast this week. We would love to meet you sometime. You can get all the details at www.relatecommunity.com. Pastor Sean and I are praying for you and we're speaking life over you and we know that your best days are ahead. See you soon.